0: Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God.
1: I know you are too. And uh, I thank God that He is still holy, that He changes not, and that His mercy endures to all generations. I'd like for you to open your Bibles with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 22, and we'll read verses 14 through 20. Luke 22, verses 14 through 20. Now, the scary thing about what happened this morning is I had prepared all week long uh, to preach one message. And before I came to church this morning, the Lord turned me in a different direction. And so it was a good message I prepared, and you'll probably hear it next week. But at least the Lord uh, uh, changed my message on me, and, and that's the, the bad part. That's the frightening part. The good part is, is I didn't have time to prepare a long message. So that's the good part, and uh, so this will be uh, relatively brief, but I hope that it will be enlightening. I hope it will help you understand as it has me to understand better the Lord's Supper and the communion service, which we will be participating in in just a moment. I'll begin reading Luke 22 and verse 14. When the hour had come, now Jesus and his disciples were getting ready to partake of the Passover meal. They were celebrating Passover. And it says, And when the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God has come. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, it is... One particular statement that I want us to focus on just for a few moments, and it's found in verse 15. And this is what it says It says, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now, that is a very, very interesting statement. This is, to me, the whole text. And the Bible itself, but especially this text, is amazing because you and I get to go back, as it were, and listen in to the very conversation that Jesus had with His disciples when they took that first Lord's Supper service. He and His disciples had gathered around the table and they were probably seated or reclining on the floor, and they had met there for the purpose of celebrating the Passover meal. And what Jesus says to them at this one particular Passover meal is this. He says, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus was letting them know that this Passover would be different. That this Passover meal would change things. He's introducing something new. And he tells them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this with you. Now, those who study the original language, and I've read several articles on this, they say that this is one of the most extreme statements you can find in the Bible anywhere. That when Jesus used this word desire, he was using one of the strongest words for emotions that he could have possibly used. It means to long for something. It means to crave for something. It even means to lust after something. And they said that when Jesus, this, those who do the word studies, say that when Jesus used this word twice, With fervent desire, I have desired. When he doubles up on that word, it's an extreme statement. So here he is at the Passover meal with his disciples. And he says to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to take this meal with you before I suffer. Now the question is why? Why is this? And the answer is, if you know your Bible, this is why he came. This is why Jesus left heaven. This is the very reason He left heaven and came to live among us. What He was doing that night when they established the communion Lord's Supper service at that Passover meal, what He did that night and what He would do the next day when He went to the cross is what He came to accomplish on planet earth. Revelation 13, 8 says He was slain from the foundation of the world. Before the world even began, this was in the heart of God. This was in the plan of God. This is what God was up to. And now, here Jesus is with those 12 disciples. And He is about to usher something in brand new. He's about to usher something in that they've never even dreamed of. No one had ever thought of this. It was something so new, something so profound that it would change the world forever. Jesus is about to usher in something the world knew nothing of. The old is ending, the new is beginning. Do you know what he was about to usher in? The church. You see, when Jesus sat there at that Passover meal with his disciples around the table, and he says, with fervent desire, I've desired to take this meal with you before I suffer. And he moves in to something that they had never heard of before. He's establishing the church. This is the birthday of the church. Th- this is the establishment of a brand new covenant family of faith called the church. Now, what he does say is he says to them, and they did understand this, when he held that bread up, he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. And he held the cup up and he said, This is my blood, which is shed for you. They understood that probably a lot better than most of us because they were students of the word. They knew about their history. They knew about Hebrew history And they understood that covenants were established by blood. That almost all the covenants of the Old Testament were established by the blood of sacrificial animals. In fact, the word covenant means to cut. And a long time ago, people would use this expression they would say, Let's cut a covenant. And that meant that something had to be cut and something had to bleed and something had to die. There had to be a sacrifice. The ratification of the covenant would be that it was sealed in blood. Go back and study the covenants of the Old Testament and you'll find this out. So think about the impact upon those disciples when He held up that cup and He said, this cup is the new covenant in My blood. They saw it. They they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to believe it. They tried to deny it, but they knew what he was talking about. He was saying, I'm establishing a brand new covenant, but that covenant will not be sealed and ratified by the blood of animals. I'll be the one who gets cut in this covenant. I'll be the one who's placed on the altar. It'll be my body, my blood, my life. I'll be giving it for you. It'll be established in my blood. Now, friends, Jesus was saying to them, I'm about to cut a covenant, and I'm the sacrifice of the covenant. Now, with that in mind, that sounds very heavy. So why would He say to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to take this Passover with you before I suffer. Because you see, Jesus, just like all those apostles, they had celebrated the Passover their entire lives since they were born. It was a part of their lives. Every year they did this. But Jesus said, I desire to take this one with you. Well, friends, this is the one Jesus had been looking forward to his whole life. In fact, if if we can comprehend this, this is the one that Jesus has been looking forward to from eternity past. Before the world was even created, before the first man walked on this earth, this was the one Jesus was looking for. This was the moment that would make all the difference in the world. This is the moment that would change the world, the whole world. This is what Jesus had been looking for. This would usher in the last and final covenant that God would make with man. You see, the Passover meal was all about the Jewish nation celebrating their deliverance as a nation from the bondage of Egypt. But what Jesus is establishing is far greater than that. You see, this is not a celebration for the deliverance of bondage from a nation. This is a celebration about the deliverance of all men who would ever live, regardless of who they are, from the bondage of sin, those who are willing to believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, this is powerful. This is amazing. And Jesus said, with great desire, I've desired to take this with you and to celebrate this and to establish this. This is pretty amazing. When Jesus did this, it signified the birth of a new covenant family. And if you'll think about this for a moment, in a way, what we're about to do here today We're about to celebrate our birthday. This is the birthday of the church. This is a birthday celebration. But hold on. It actually gets better than that. It's not just the birthday of the church. When you hold these ingredients in your hand and you get ready to take these ingredients, you're not just celebrating the birthday of the church. You're celebrating your own spiritual birth. You're celebrating the moment that you, by grace, through faith, that not of yourselves, you put your faith in the blood and in the body and in the sacrifice of a Savior who took your place on the cross, that He who knew no sin became sin for you, that you might become the righteousness of God in Him. You're celebrating your own birthday. So we're celebrating two birthdays, the birthday of the church and your own birthday. Birthday. You see, friends, the Jews have celebrated Passover for thousands of years, and, and it's a wonderful thing. By the way, there's nothing wrong with celebrating Passover. You and I can celebrate it with them if we want to. But what we have to remember is something greater than Passover took place. <laughs> Not just a little small nation being delivered out of the bondage of another nation, but now all... People everywhere, regardless of who they are. (laughs) Deliverance from the bondage of sin (laughs) through the blood of a new covenant. Man, that's wonderful. Tell me, tell me today, shouldn't we come to the Lord's table with great desire? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we long to celebrate communion? Shouldn't that be... Extremely important to us. Jesus made it absolutely, positively, crystal clear with those original disciples. He said, this bread, this is my body, which is given for you. And this cup, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus said, I'm doing this for you, friends. This is the foundation of our faith. (laughs) The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of his body. That's the foundation of our faith. One of my favorite stories out of the past, and if you've been around me very long, you've probably heard this in the past. But... A preacher goes to a church. An elderly preacher went to a church many years ago and he got up the first Sunday and he preached on the blood of Jesus. He preached on the blood and what the blood does for us (laughs) and how the blood cleanses us and how the blood makes us whole again. All those things that we sing and we talk about. And a young couple came up to him after the service and said, Pastor, we're glad you're here. This is your first Sunday. And that was a great message. But we hope and pray you won't spend too much time preaching on the blood. And the old preacher said to them, Oh, I can assure you that it would be absolutely impossible for me to spend too much time on the blood if I preached on it every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night. And if the blood is at the center of every message I preach, it won't be too much because it is the foundation of our faith. Oh, my friends, that, that's, that's what the Scripture says. Ephesians 1.7 is the Scripture that tells us, that says this so clearly. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Oh, friends, it's in Him. It's in His blood. Listen to me. You will never hear a more profound statement from this or any other pulpit than what you're about to hear. There's only one way into the kingdom of God. And it is through the blood of the everlasting Lamb of God. There's only one way in. You can't work your way in. You can't earn your way in. You can't deserve it. You can't be born into it in the biological sense. There's only one way into the kingdom, and that's through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Oh, we sang it, didn't we? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All oh, precious is the flow that cleanses white as snow. No other fountain I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain. We should sing that one. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. When He shall come with trumpet sound, O may I then in Him be found, Dressed in His righteousness alone, Faultless to stand before the throne, On Christ the solid rock I stand, All other ground is sinking sand, All other ground is sinking sand. Love grew where the blood fell, Flowers of hope sprang up for men, In misery. Sin died where the blood fell. And I'm so glad His precious blood. It covers me. I want to tell you something friends. If you can't get excited about what we're doing today. If you can't get excited about the blood and the body and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what it means to you. Then probably you can't get excited. You can be entertained a little bit, but you can't get excited because there's a spiritual connection here. I'm so glad His precious blood, it covers me. Aren't you glad that the precious blood of Jesus covers you and your sins? Wow! I'm so glad that after we've made a mess out of our lives, through the precious blood, there's hope for us. Oh, friends, the Bible's full of examples of people who destroyed and wasted their lives. And then God touched them. Oh, friends, I am glad. I am so glad That I can stand here and preach such a message today that there are possibly those here in the service today who are discouraged and defeated and you've lost all hope. But I'm glad I can tell you that you can leave here today shouting the victory because of the blood, the precious blood of the Lamb. If you will trust Him and ask Him to forgive you, not of works, not of your own ability, But to humbly say, have mercy upon me, O God, I trust in you and you only. Oh, friends, I'm so glad that the bondage of sin is no match for the blood of Jesus. That he's still delivering and setting people free. I'm so glad that as a simple preacher of the gospel with absolute confidence I can look at every person here today and so much, say no matter what's going on through the blood you can be set free see Jesus held that cup up and this is what Jesus said this cup is the new covenant in my blood and I give it for you you see friends I'm glad that the blood of that covenant is still powerful and still working and still changing lives today. I have one last verse. I want to read to you. It is Acts 3.19. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I know a lot of people who want times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, but they don't want to repent. They want to hold on to the world with one hand and they want to hold on to God and reach out to God with the other hand. hand. That doesn't work. Repent, therefore, and be converted. The Bible says if you and I will repent, if we'll ask him to forgive us, one scripture that we've been studying in 1 John, which is the book we're studying right now, It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I tell you today, God wants to bless you more than you want Him to bless you. I believe that. I believe God's got something better in store for you than you can even imagine. He's in the restoring, saving, blessing, healing business. God, I believe God wants to bless you more than you want Him to. But I can tell you, there is a covenant family and there's a way to enter that covenant family and there's no way around it. And God has a plan and we have to repent and we have to call on His name And we have to ask him to forgive us. And friends, when we do that, there are times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. And you can, you know what you do then? For the rest of your life, you grow in grace. We're going to be talking about that next Sunday. And you can celebrate communion and you know you'll be celebrating your own birth. I want you to get real still just for a moment. And I want to ask you, Do you know absolutely positively for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Do you know that your sins have been forgiven? Do you know that you're in the covenant family? Do you know if you died today, you'd go to heaven? If not, I want to pray for you. But not only that, I want you to pray for you. Because you see, you don't have to have me, not really. You don't have to have anybody else. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, let me tell you how we're going to do this. I'm going to ask you if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you would like for me to pray for you, and you're going to pray for yourself, and you're going to trust him, then I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't normally do on Sunday mornings. But I'm not going to ask you to walk down the aisle. I'm going to ask you to just stand up right where you are. And you're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you're going to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that, and by the way, when we do that, then after that, when you take of the communion meal, you're going to be celebrating the birthday of the church, but you're going to be celebrating your birthday, which happened just a few moments ago. I wonder, is there someone here that would stand up right where you are? Now, I'll talk to you after the service, but right now, you just stand up right where you are and say, I want to pray that prayer. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior.
0: Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville, Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.